Dynasty Fantasy Football doesn't take a week off, and neither do these guys. All the information you need to stay atop your league for years to come. This is the Dynasty Heat Seekers. Welcome back to the Dynasty Heat Seekers. I, although I'm handsome, I am not Bryce Handsome. He's off on vacation this week, so hopefully he's enjoying some quality time away and relaxing. But tonight, we're going to have some fun. We are going to talk about undervalued players in honor of the amazing articles that Ricky started posting on rotoheat.com. We thought, why not take a great idea and expand on it? So we are going to be talking about undervalued wide receivers tonight. We're going to give you probably about 10, maybe even a little more, depending on how quickly we get through it. But we're going to enjoy it. We're going to have some back and forth, and we'll see. Maybe we can disagree a little bit. With that being said, I am Roto Heat Brad, as always. Normally, you see me on Monday and Thursdays, but I like to make special guest appearances just for the fun of it. Joined by my main man, Anthony Leone. How are you, my friend? How's the world treating you these days? I'm doing great. I'm really uh, happy to see you. Happy to stream with you again. We, I think you came on a couple weeks ago, but then, you know, you were here all last year on, on the Heat Seeker uh, stream. So it's good to see you back again. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to uh, get underway here. This is cool. Yeah, it'll be a fun topic. I mean, you know, the idea of the undervalued player, especially nowadays, takes on a, a different, a more important form. Because with the depth at wide receiver, if you can find some guys that you can get well below or if you get them around their ADP and they outproduce it significantly, I mean, you can really put yourself in a, in a championship position. We saw that with plenty of players over the last few years. I mean, uh, I remember drafting in a startup last year. I draft, uh, I did a startup last year and took Cooper Cup in like round seven or eight. Guy wound up really carrying my team to victory in most cases because he just outperformed all wide receivers last year. So if you can get guys at their ADP that are maybe undervalued, that's huge success for you. And it even carries over and it even carries over if you've already drafted, if you've been in a league, you know, three, five, 10 years, just because you're not drafting right now on ADP. I mean, you can still use ADP to kind of gauge where a player is valued at, and you can still really make big improvements to your team really fast. So absolutely. Yeah, this is good. And, and I will say that there are plenty of places to get ADP. DLF is one of the big ones. Everyone loves Dynasty League football, and they do a great job. We are using Sleeper's ADP just because I chat with them quite a bit on Twitter, and I'm sending messages back and forth. And I've started integrating Sleeper into my leagues more. So we are actually using Sleeper's ADP. And if you're on YouTube right now, you'll see it in the show notes. So if you want to see the ADP that Anthony and I are going to be uh, using, it's there. And if you have questions, feel free uh, to hit Sleeper up on Twitter because they love to interact with the community, and they do a good job with that. But with that being said, we're going to start with Anthony. Anthony, who is the first guy that you see that's undervalued at the wide receiver position this year? Yeah, for me, I have to give a shout out here to Jarvis Landry. I was shocked when I saw the ADP wide receiver 72. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. He's he's obviously a little bit older, 29 years old. He's now with the Saints, you know, new team, new season. Uh, I think he's on a one-year deal. But he's always been a PPR machine. And I really do think his his value and production this year could really rival someone like Michael Thomas on that team. But he comes at a huge discount. I think we're going to get into Michael Thomas a little bit later, but even still, like, wide receiver 72? I mean, most guys in this area, like, you wouldn't feel comfortable starting on a weekly basis. But with Jarvis Landry, I, I think he, he easily would slide in as a wide receiver three or a flex play 
on most teams contending or not. So yeah, I, I just think he's just at an, an incredible value right now. He's had a lot of buzz already that he, you know, he's jiving well with Jameis. That's why he wanted to go to new Orleans. He was born in Louisiana. He's personally motivated to do well for that reason alone. And he wanted to go play with Jameis. I think he's going to have a really good season and yeah, I know he's a little bit older at 29, but at the same time, especially if you're contending, he is the perfect type of player to go get right now. His value has never been lower, and I think he he is set up to have a really good season. What do you think, Brad? So this the player himself, I've always been a Landry fan. Uh, I think he's a really great piece to move around on the inside of the formation. He's a slot guy. He's done outside over the years, but I think nowadays he's really primarily – best suited in the slot where he can kind of work his his strong route running ability to, to get himself open against the slot corner or the linebacker, whoever's on him. The question I have, and the thing that obviously we're not getting answered today because it's the offseason still, is what is this offense going to look like? You know, when you look at, and we know that Sean Payton's out, but it's very similar. The staff is basically the same guys that were under him. They just all kind of got elevated. This team was like almost dead last in pass attempts last year. I think they were like third lowest in the league at just over 500 pass attempts as a team. Now, obviously, that was with a uh, smorgasbord of borderline NFL players, you know, Trevor Simeon and and uh, I can't think of uh, tight end, converted quarterback, converted tight end, gadget player, uh, Taysom Hill. They had a ton of different quarterbacks come through and play. I think with Jameis Winston being the guy there, I think this really elevates them. But what are they going to do? How many pass attempts are we looking at? You know, when you look at the at the league lead in pass attempts, a team like Tampa Bay, Kansas City, the Chargers, Steelers, Steelers, 664 pass attempts. So you think with Ben and, and that and everybody was down on them, they still were, all these teams had so many pass attempts where New Orleans didn't. That's my concern. How many balls will there be to go around? Healthy Michael Thomas, Chris Olave coming in. Alvin Kamara. There's a lot of mouths to feed. So what does that look like? If Jarvis can get, you know, 100 to 110 targets, I think that would be really great. And he would outperform his ADP. I think if he gets something like 50 to 75 targets, I don't know. I He probably still can outperform his ADP, but I just don't know. I struggle with that. If he doesn't outperform or if he doesn't get more than 75 targets, I just don't know what that looks like for his ADP, but right? Who would he who would he be competing against targets from? I mean, obviously Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, but there's really no one else. I mean, Chris Olave is a rookie. I don't I wouldn't expect him to be uh, well, he'll probably be on Jarvis the outside, Landry. right? Like Olave's probably your outside guy and Landry's probably your slot guy, right? I don't know. I, I mean I, I could see in two wide receiver sets what Landry and Michael Thomas on the field. Probably, uh, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I don't see Olave starting ahead of uh, Landry or or Michael Thomas. So No, probably not. I mean, in, in most situations, I, I think he's going to be the second wide receiver option. That's the one thing I now need to figure out is I need to see how many plays they run out of three-man sets. Because I feel but like this But is, even still, it, it doesn't – I mean, using that was last what I was year's thinking. data, like with Michael – Michael Thomas didn't play last year. Mm-hmm. Landry wasn't there. I mean, who was their number one wide receiver last year? Was it Marquez Callaway probably? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about guys that, I mean, wouldn't start on almost any team anyway. So, I mean, we can look at those numbers and stuff. I think that's kind of a fool's errand. So either way, I think I, I agree with you. I'm just throwing out other pieces of information to try to build this picture of him. So I agree that he should be very much over outproducing. And even if you look at underdogs ADP at wide receiver 60, I I would got to think he outperforms that, right? I got to think he's still undervalued no matter whose ADP you're using. 
because this guy in my mind is a high-end wide receiver three low-end wide receiver two so that's probably if you're in a standard 12-man league that's you know somewhere around wide receiver 28 probably somewhere in the 25 to 35 range wide receiver wise so he should still outperform any of that adp that's that's where i would agree with you i'm just putting out more pieces of information and muddying up the conversation a little bit and not even playing devil's advocate i'm just agreeing with you but adding more information in there <laughs> yeah and I, and I don't know if underdog is is straight redraft or not i mean i, I think sleeper might be adding everything all in together yeah sleeper is going to be dynasty and and i don't know that there's really going to be any redraft information into there i think a lot of what sleeper stuff right now is going to be his dynasty i mean if there are redraft leagues that drafted that's probably in yeah the and i would ex- I mean, and i would expect for redraft you know landry would be quite a bit higher up i mean a lot of people want you know people are going to take Olave over landry in a redraft setting or even a best ball setting but in a dynasty setting that's when you would you know consider Olave. but just from a straight value for this season and maybe next year he signs somewhere else he's only on a one-year deal but i just think it's criminal how low his adp is right now given that he's still 29 he's still as a ppr type player he probably has you know two to three years left of high quality production and i i just think his adp is criminal even at 60 that seems low but even still, I mean, at, at 74, what is he at on Sleeper? It's just way too low. Yeah, 72, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's still pretty low. All right, so Jarvis Landry would be our undervalued wide receiver number one. Number two is my guy, Alan Lazard from the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> As a Lions guy, I don't like Packers no matter what, but I'm going to pick him here. And and really, honorable mention, Amari Rodgers, right? Like Amari Rodgers and Alan Lazard are two guys that I think have a chance to outperform. Alan Lazard is who I'm sticking with mostly because we've seen what he can do with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does have at least some rapport with him. And Alan Lazard's still young enough to not, you know, have the wheels fall off like uh, Randall Cobb or a Sammy Watkins who just cannot stay healthy. I mean, injuries have really ruined his chances. But look at the team. When they got rid of Devontae Adams, that's 169 targets from last year. So even if they spread that out a little bit, even if you're looking at something like, 90 to 115 targets for a guy like Alan Lazard, who right now is slated to be their number one receiver. Now, obviously, they've drafted rookies. They spent a high pick on Christian Watson. We know Aaron Rodgers loves to trust rookie receivers. A guy like Alan Lazard has every opportunity to well outperform wide receiver 62. Now, the only caveat I throw in there is the name I already said, Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers is a guy that could sneak in there too just because he can be moved all over the field, kind of a gadgety type receiver. So, that may sneak into it, but that's 169 targets for a team that chucks the ball a lot. I mean, when you look at last year's uh, numbers overall, they finished kind of in the middle of the league, but they were right around 600 pass attempts. I mean, they finished with 593. That's a lot of pass attempts. And, you know, we know Robert Tunyon, a tight end, and then what, Aaron Jones? I mean, he's going to do some pass attempts to his running back. There's, you just, you see the picture here, and there's just not a lot to trust. Now, do they go get, a Julio Jones or son, one of these older guys who's sitting on the market who just doesn't want to do OTAs and wants to wait till camp? Maybe. I mean, it could, and that could make this a moot point. But right now, with where the ADP is, with how cheap you can get Lazard, I would buy shares of him very easily just to see what happens. So in my mind, it's put a chip on the table and see what happens. What do you think about Alan Lazard? So I this is where I might disagree with you a little bit. And I know he was the thumbnail on our stream here. 
The, the issue I have with Lazard, is he really going to be fantasy relevant next year or the year after? I doubt it. And you just hinted at he might not even be relevant this year. So why would you draft Alan Lazard when you could draft someone like Landry, who I just mentioned, whose ADP is lower? You know what I mean? Like, why would you take that? Why would you pick him ahead of Land? And I'm, and I'm not saying you would take him ahead of Landry, but why would you take him at that ADP when he may not even be relevant this year, let alone, you, and I think you would agree, he's probably not going to be relevant next year. The only reason why he's relevant now is because there's really no one else to throw the ball to. So my concern is he may not even be relevant this year, and he's probably not going to be relevant next year. And so for me, I'd rather take someone that I think has more longevity in the league over someone who's just kind of in a good spot right now, but especially may not even be in a good spot three months from now. So that's that's my concern. I, I would not go out of my way to draft Alan Lazard myself. I think right now he's actually a better sell just because, you know, they didn't really draft a high profile wide receiver in the rookie draft. I think you could probably trade and get maybe a 23 second for him. And I would be all over that. So I don't know if you agree with that evaluation or. Yeah, uh, a little bit. So I think if somebody offered me a second, I probably do it depending on what my roster looks like in my mind. You know, if he outproduces wide receiver 62 and gets you in the wide receiver three conversation, it's a win for me, you know, sure. and I'm okay with that. He's a guy that's been with the team for now going on four years. Now, obviously, nobody's taken over Devontae Adams' spot with Devontae Adams on the field. I get it, right. you know, but he saw consistent action throughout the four years he's been there, or the, at least the last three years. I know he's been, I know he's got at least somewhere in the 30s every year when it comes to catches. No, that's not super sexy. I know that's not like getting anybody all hot and bothered. But I, what that says is that Aaron Rodgers trusts him a little bit and, and is starting to look his way. Now, the thing that I, I think gets me most excited about him is probably the touchdown potential. Last year, I think he had something like 35 or 36 catches and six of those were touchdowns. So at his height, I think he's 6'5". He gives you that, that red zone threat. Will he be with the team after this year? Well, maybe. Like we saw there, he's got a second round tender. So that's at least a one-year deal with potential for more with the way wide receivers come in the league anymore. It wouldn't surprise me if they replace him. It wouldn't surprise me if he stuck around. It wouldn't surprise me if he was a starter next year. It wouldn't surprise me if he was just continued to be a depth guy at that position at wide receiver 62. I feel like it's a good, a good get. If you're in a startup draft, get, if you can trade for him for cheap, get, I've tried to trade and send like third round picks to guys and nobody's really bought on that. So I think where you're at with the second is probably the sweet spot where people are going to be willing to move them. Uh, yeah. If you can get a second or anything higher, I would sell. And hopefully you don't feel bad about it. Hopefully he really doesn't pan out. Maybe I'm just crazy. But if you get wide receiver three-ish or wide receiver four numbers out of him, he's definitely a guy that is outperformed the value. Yeah, no, I get it. I when, when I typically build my teams, I like to look at least a few years out. And so with him, just personally, I just... I don't see him being a factor next year or the year after. So that's those are guys I typically shy away from. Yeah. Uh, well, and, but he certainly could over he could certainly become a wide receiver three this year and be a, a, a you know big part of sure. a lot of winning teams. Yeah. When I'm looking at my starting lineup, I try to make it balanced. So if I've got an elite veteran who's a little bit older and maybe 25, 26, sure. If I'm building my taxi squad, all young guys. I want rookies. I want to just see what happens. My depth is where I don't necessarily care as much about the age 
because I'm either, if I'm a contender, I'm looking for guys that I can fill in for a bye week if I've already got my starters. If I'm a rebuilder, these are guys that I want to see pop a little bit so I can get better return to sell them. It really does depend on what your roster looks like. And, and sure. any of these guys we talk about really depends on what you're trying to do as a team. Because so far, both guys we mentioned are on the downside of 25. 29 for Landry, 26 for Al Mazard, right? So it depends on where your team is at in its roster construction. So who is your next guy? Speaking of a little older, my next guy is Brandon Cooks. Uh, sleeper ADP, wide receiver, 45, 28 years old. I don't know if I mentioned that. He's a little bit older for my liking, but he has shown, I mean, he's, he regularly finishes as a wide receiver too, almost every single season. So like, what does this guy have to do to get respect in this league? He's currently has a wide receiver four price tag. You almost are positive. He's going to surpass that. He's the best arguably the only passing option for the Texans as a whole. And people were a little worried last year without Watson that he wouldn't do very well. And he did great. I think he finished the year like a top 20 wide receiver. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't continue going forward. He should have a, a good two, three years, you know, at only 28 years old. So he still should be relevant for the next few seasons. And I think he's going to just kill that wide receiver 45 price tag right now. I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be a top 25 play this upcoming season. Brad? Yeah. And you say 25. So PFF has him graded out as the 25th best receiver in football last year. So there's your, that helps you with your 25. When it comes to the options this team has, they have a lot of good receivers. Now they don't have a lot of productive receivers. They have talented guys with potential. <laughs> Revan Jordan at tight end has a lot of potential. Fell in the draft because of his size, maybe small field stuff, whatever. They've got Nico Collins, former Michigan guy. He's a talented receiver, but he's not the biggest, fastest guy, right? Cooks is your fast guy. Collins is supposed to be your, I don't want to say big slot because he's probably going to be on the outside, but he's a route runner, big guy, big catch radius. Talented, not elite by any stretch of the imagination, a fine wide receiver two to Cooks' wide receiver one. Then you bring in rookie John Mechie. That, I think, is the X factor in this whole conversation because Mechie can take the top off the defense. I know he's coming back from a – what has he got, an ACL injury? I think his was an ACL injury. I think him and Jamison Williams had the same injury at Alabama. This kid has a ton of talent. Now, obviously, rookie ride receivers anymore, people would say it takes time to develop, but not anymore. This guy could step in and, and be productive from day one, so you don't know. But what I can say is they have options. Quarterback is still the question. Is Davis Mills going to take the next step? Is he a starting quarterback, or is he just – holding the seat until they take a starting quarterback next year we don't know what we do know is cooks can produce with anybody it doesn't really matter last year with davis mills and the corpse of uh oh gosh was it tyrod taylor was the guy who started the season i can't yeah. even remember now yeah tyrod so. taylor he still had 129 targets 87 catches a thousand yards six touchdowns that was with not necessarily the most intriguing quarterback play. The year before, 81 catches, 1,100 yards. The year he got hurt, obviously only had 42 receptions. The year before that, 80 receptions, 1,200 yards. I'm with you. What does this guy have to do to get respect? Unfortunately, I think when teams kept trading him around, that really started to put a stain on the dude's career. But he does nothing but produce. And I have him on a few spots. And I have no problem riding into the season with him as my wide receiver, too. And he'll probably outperform that on some weeks. He's going to get you 100 yards and a touchdown. Some weeks he'll get you 40 yards and a touchdown. Some weeks he'll just get you 40 yards. His trajectory can, tends to be up and down, but by the end of the year, the results are always there. I'm with you 100%. Dude's going to outperform. 
But I think this offense is better than – I think the biggest issue is really still going to be the offensive line. Outside of Laramie Tunsil, they've got a lot of unproven talent or guys that just aren't great. And that'll be the thing that really slows this team down. But that being said, they've got enough weapons that if Davis Mills can speed up the release, this team can be productive and these receivers can be fantasy relevant. But Cooks definitely will be because he always is. All right. Oh, now, now you just jinxed it. I did. I did. <laughs> this will be the year that he, he finally, his career is yes. over. Like, oh, man. Sorry, Brandon Cooks. If it comes from us, I apologize. <laughs> All right, so next up, we're going to talk about the guy that was Rick's article. So I'm, first, I'm going to post Rick's mm. article in the chat here. Make sure you all get on him and get on this and take a look yeah, at Rick, it. Yeah, Rick, Rick said to me, man, you should have waited until after I was done with all my articles before you did the stream. But I said, you know what? I want to pump up your, your article now, man. I think it's it did, great. Yeah, yeah. And, and Rick did a great job with it. Allen Robinson, wide receiver from the Rams, is definitely undervalued. What? Let me pull it up. I think he's wide receiver 44 right now. And the interesting thing is when you look at this team, uh, obviously last year nobody had over 100 targets other than Cooper Cup, who had like 4,000 targets. I mean, it felt like this guy was getting thrown at every time the ball was snapped. He finished with 191 targets last year. Other than that, nobody got over 100. That'll change this year because normally Robert Woods would have been there to get more targets, but Robert Woods got hurt. He left the season with, I think he had 69 or 70 targets before nice. he got injured. So when you look at the amount of targets this team has, and, and let's look at it. So the Rams were, oh gosh, how many pass attempts did they have last year? Okay, so the Rams had 607 passing attempts last year. And even if you take out 200, we'll round up, 200 for Cooper Cup. That still is 407 passing attempts to go between whomever tight end they want to throw to, whether it's Higby or whomever. Actually, is Higby? Did Higby get traded? No, Higby. Is no, he's he still on the team. Is yeah, he still there? Okay. So tight end one Higby or Jacob, was it Jacob Harris, I think is the backup. Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell. You know, I mean, like they're these guys are just not Van Jefferson will get some targets and get some looks because he's beginning to build a rapport with Stafford. And you saw it last year happen. But let's be honest, Allen Robinson's going to get at least a hundred targets, if not more. As long as he's healthy and on the field, the dude is going to get targeted because he's a game changer. Him across from Cooper Cup is, it's kind of game over. There, there really isn't who you can't double one of them because the other one will just destroy you. So, I'm all over it at, at wide receiver. What is he like wide receiver three four type value right now? I would jump yeah, all four. over that. What do you think? Yeah, I don't disagree at all. So rather than just say the same thing, let's just do this. Who would you rather draft? Allen Robertson, wide receiver forty four ADP, or the guy who we just talked about? Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, 45 ADP. Both are 28 years old. Cooks is the wide receiver one on his team. Robinson's the wide receiver two. But I'm probably Rams are a better offense. So well, how would you pick between these two? I thought it was interesting. They're, they're neck and neck on the ADP, and I thought I'd put you on the spot. What do you think about that? Well, and if Rick listens, he's going to flip out when I say this. But I'm going to go with Cooks just because he wasn't injured. Right, Allen Robinson's coming back from injury. It probably doesn't mean anything in the big in the long term, but he's the number one option. We know he's going to get a ton of targets. We know he's going to produce if he's healthy and on the field. I would take it just because we know he's been healthy for a few seasons. He looks good. He can produce with anybody. I I don't hate it either way though. But injury yeah. would be what would make me go. You know, I'll probably take Cooks. I don't care either way. I would I would be more than happy with either. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's pretty difficult though to pick though. Like if you had to just like this is a situation where I could see myself on the clock doing a draft. Who do you take? This is a tough one. So I just thought that was interesting that they're neck and neck on ADP. 
Right. And I don't know what the right answer is. I guess we'll find out in, in a few months. I'm about to say, by the end of the season, we'll know which one of us <laughs> yeah. the groups will be able to write for sure. All right. So that being said, who is the next guy? And this one should be a fun conversation. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I think we, we might disagree yeah. on this one a little bit. My guy here is Kadarius Tony, wide receiver 48. Now he's only 23. And let me just preface this by saying, this is not like a slam dunk. Hey, you got to go get this guy. This is a risky buy. This is risky. But I do think the upside is there. And I would take him above a lot of guys that are being taken ahead of him right now. So two that come to mind are Christian Watson, Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, and Sky Moore, Kansas City Chiefs. So these are two rookies that are being drafted 32, 33 overall, wide receiver 32, 33. And Kadarius Tony here, over a round later, wide receiver 48, maybe two rounds, maybe even three rounds. And I would take Tony above Christian Watson and Sky Moore. I think the floor is the same. I, I think, especially with his injury last season, he didn't, he was injured, didn't finish the full season. He, well, yeah, and he, he was had surgery this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he showed like crazy flashes of just, just he was just incredible he was just lights out and so i I think he has more upside than christian watson and sky more at least what you can project on on their given 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 what we already know what they can do in the league because they haven't been in the league so i think tony has an inherently more upside yet i think the floors are relatively about the same and so i just think tony at wide receiver 48 it's just it's it's a it's a great it's a it's a risky buy, but it's a great gamble because he's shown I me mean, he can run routes. He's real he's real quick. Um, it's like anytime he touches the ball, he, he could score. And so I just think his ADP is just lower than it, it really should be, especially when you put it up against someone like Christian Watson or Sky Moore, who haven't done anything and could could be nothing at all. So I, I was surprised to see Tony this low on the list. Granted, it is risky. And yeah, I would take, you know, Brandon Cooks and Allen Robinson ahead of him in a startup. But there is a lot of nice upside with Tony. And that's why I think if you wanted to just kind of go for the home run ball, you could take Tony ahead of all those guys and, and it could pay off. Well, so first question in rebuttal is uh, all the conversations about possible trading him away throughout this offseason didn't scare you. No, because I think the Giants are not a contending team. I think that they have so many holes to fill that if they wanted to trade him at because they think he's valuable, then they're going to put him on the market, see what they could get. But the only reason why they were floating him out there is because he is valuable. He is really good. He has a lot of upside. If he wasn't any good, they wouldn't have just thrown him on the market. Like it wouldn't have made any sense. So I think they were just saying, hey, look, you guys know this guy is good. Do you want him? What could, will you pay for him? Just like Debo Samuel was kind of put on the market uh, as well. Obviously, it was a little bit different circumstance. He but put himself same, out there. <laughs> but yeah, but I, they fielded offers and and you know they didn't get anything that they thought made sense. But that's fine. Uh, same with the Giants. The Giants obviously didn't get anything that they they thought was fair. I I don't think that that diminishes his value at all. All right. So next question. Who, how do they distribute these targets? We got Kenny Galladay, we got Darius Slayton, we got Wandale Robinson, we got 
uh, Sterling Shepard. Then we got Kadarius Tony. Like, where does it? I mean, where is where does it go? It's not like Danny Dimes is dropping, you know, six hundred passes and actually completing all Tony. I mean, every oh, pass he's, to getting, Tony. he's getting five hundred ninety-three targets. Uh, no, I mean Galladay was hurt. He, I don't, I don't think anyone expects Galladay to play the full season. He's had so many injuries in the past. I mean, yeah, a lot of those guys have been hurt a lot. Sterling Shepard as well, right? Uh, I don't like banking on rookie wide receivers in their first year. I know we've had a, a nice run, but I don't think that that's like a new norm. I just think that we've had a couple of lucky kind of seasons. I, I think most of the time it's going to take most guys a season or two to get, you know, get their feet under them, get familiarity with the system, get familiarity with the quarterback. So I expect Tony to be the best wide receiver on this team this season. If he can stay healthy, I think he can, he can totally destroy this ADP. Well, and, and pre-show my struggle with it was, cause I saw, obviously saw the list is I kind of have him as a wide receiver four right now. So he's right where I kind of expect him to be. Now, if you asked me the question we just had about, you know, Cooks and, and uh, Robinson, and I'm doing a startup and you're saying, oh, well, who are you taking, uh, Tony or any of these other rookies? I think that would be a tough conversation, you know, depending on what you think about Tony going forward. And that's where I come back to, you know, I Tarantino back to my first question is like, I don't know what this team thinks about him long term. If they're really planning on keeping him or not, because they're already dangling him out as a trade target, or, you know, a trade option after they drafted him the first round last year. Obviously, new coaching staff, whatever, whatever, whatever. I think he's kind of right where his value sits. I think he's somewhere in the, you know, 35 to 50 range. Now, obviously, he could maybe outproduce 48 some, but I don't know that he's going to get super high. Like, I don't know that he's going to outperform so much so, unlike some of these other guys on our list. Jarvis Landry, he's going to way outperform. Brandon Cook should significantly outperform. Allen yeah. Robinson should, you know, Tony's the one guy in this list where I was like, yeah, he's probably a top 50 receiver. If you're doing a rookie draft and you're sitting there with, you know, 109 and you can draft Sky Moore or maybe Christian Watson, let's say you're picking 10 or 11, I would in a heartbeat offer that pick for Tony rather than taking Watson or Sky Moore. I mean, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even just easy, just automatic. Well, and I was, um, was going to – I got to pull this straight. I just traded Tony away. The only Tony share I had, I traded away. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was going to pull up the trade. So what did you get? What did you get? Let's go. Uh, let's see your transaction. I'll try not to laugh live in your uh, face. Well, so so this is a team that I won the league last year, and it was – I. this is the team where I said I traded myself into a good team because going into the year I was picking first, and by the end of the year I won the championship because I made like – 32 trades or something crazy that's, that's dope that's um good. you know i traded i traded a crazy amount but tony was one of those guys that was a throwing on a trade all right so i traded i traded Kadarius tony for and i'm hurting at running back right now my running backs are not running backs trading for james robinson and, and multiple picks and that's that was what i got for him so well, like it, like seconds and thirds or something yeah they were later picks i i don't have it up at the moment but they were later okay. picks so they weren't they weren't super sexy but i needed a running back and i'm trying to acquire etn and james robinson because i'm trying to get guys that i think i can get cheaper that might overperform uh where they're at and i'm deeper at wide receiver you know i got De deontay johnson i've got adam Thielen. i've got dj chark i've got i've got like five or six receivers and tony was like one of the six receivers i'm like if i can move one for a running back i'm gonna do yeah it. i mean i don't i don't hate that i mean if I don't hate that at all. I mean, you're, you're, you're trading for a need. That's okay. Uh, you're picking up some extra picks on the way. I, I don't have any issue with that trade at all. 
No, I so I mean I just thought it was funny when we posted is I kind of see him as he's kind of in the area where his value is. Will he overperform 48? Probably. I mean, he could probably get a little higher, maybe in the 35 to 40 range is kind of where I would think his, you know, because you got to go back to this team is gonna try to find a new identity, new coaching staff. I know they threw a bunch with Josh Allen. Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen. Like you you couldn't even put lipstick on this pig and get him to be Josh Allen. I mean, there's just <laughs> There's just a lot that needs to happen for him to get Josh Allen territory. They may throw the ball a lot, but he's not nearly as accurate. The arm is not nearly the same as Josh Allen. I mean, there's just so many things where I'm like, ah, I don't, I, I, and which is why I've kind of tried to stay away from all the receiving options because I just don't trust any of them. If I'm competing, if I'm rebuilding, sure, take shots on on Wandale and Kadarius Tony. Fine by me. There you go. So that being said, we're gonna move on to the next guy. Um, another New Orleans Saints wide receiver, wide receiver 40, Michael Thomas. Um, I think he outperforms this if everybody's healthy and everybody plays and Jameis is the quarterback. Uh, but I think he more or less gets you in the probably the 25 to 30 range. So maybe this is a Kadarius Tony situation where he's not going to overperform crazy. Like, I don't think we're going to get vintage Michael Thomas anymore, right? With how many extremely talented wide receivers are in the NFL right now and how the league is built, and how New Orleans is going to spread the ball out with with these different receiving options. I think Thomas can get you somewhere in the realm of 800 to 1,000 yards and probably six to nine touchdowns is, is in my mind, kind of the sweet spot where I would see him fall. Uh, What do you think about Thomas, and and do you think he overperforms it? Is he undervalued? Yeah, I think in a PPR league, um, I I would argue he'll get more, more catches and more points than that. Uh, just because I think that he'll he'll get a lot more catches than what you just said. I, I, I see him well above 100. I actually didn't say any catches, did I? I thought you said 80, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, I probably did. You're probably right. I'm probably, I think you said like 80 catches, 1,000 yards, something like that. I'm probably drinking that black and gold Kool-Aid. Uh, well, you're, you're going to be editing this film later, so I guess go back and check that. <laughs> uh, but, no, I mean, I think he'll be well over 100 catches, I think, in especially in a PPR league. That's one of the things, you know, I do, I do rankings on the site and I do standard and I mean, for dynasty, like I try not to factor that in too much, you know, just because it's dynasty and, you know, it's just kind of a fluid type thing. And most of the guys are going to be valued the same, whether it's PPR or not in dynasty, but with someone like Michael Thomas and and with Jameis Winston, I think he's going to force feed him the ball. I think, I think Jameis Winston is just dying for people to catch the ball. That's why I think Landry's going to have a great year. I think they're going to be way higher on their pass attempts this year. And, and I think Michael Thomas is also going to have a, have a very good season. I don't know for sure if the touchdowns are going to be there, but I do think the catches and yards are going to be there. So I, I agree with you that I think he'll, he'll, he'll outperform his current ADP. And I think if you're contending, he's a great buy right now. I think you can get him very cheap. And I think he could be a huge factor down the stretch. What are you paying for him? So if you're an owner looking to get a guy like a Michael Thomas or a DeAndre Hopkins, one of these guys that there's some question marks, like what are you willing to pay if you're a team that is contending and maybe you're not strong at at running back and, and you're thinking, well, you know what, I'll just play extra receivers if I can land another really intriguing receiver. What do you do? If we're in the preseason or if we get like, you know, like a lot of reports and video that, you know, he's running and doing well, because he's coming off of a of an injury surgery, that's the only hesitation I have. You know, he may not be full go to start the year. Uh, he may have nagging injuries to start the season. 
Uh, he, he may start on the pup list. You know, I don't, that's the only thing that I'm hesitating on. So if he's playing and, and looks good or, you know, not inhibited by an injury, then I would pay a late first if I'm a contending team and need wide receiver help. We're going to share this screen then because I'm just pulling up an article from The Spun by Sports Illustrated from three hours ago that Michael Thomas shares an impressive training video. So I haven't seen it. So there it. we go. Is, so we're now gonna, we're, we're going to do it live. So let's see this impressive training video. Is there a video? Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a video of him. All right. Let's now, this isn't like the Tariq Cohen video, right? Where Tariq <laughs> Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh, yeah. So it's, he's a mile away running. Can you zoom in? Can you? That was it. That was the impressive video. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is not enough for me to pay a 23 late first. All right, so let's go to let's go to Twitter and see what what the video. Let's see what's yeah. going on there. Because I thought that was hilarious. So like impressive workout video. The guy's running, right? Like what's impressive about that? So He's yeah, a football so, player. And this is I tell this to people all the time. You don't have to trade right now. I mean, cer certainly there are times where you can do a trade now and it's fine. But especially with someone like this, who are, there's a lot of question marks, you can wait. You don't have to do it right now. And I don't think people are going to be uh, selling I mean, him right now. This is running. the video, huh? He's running. <laughs> that's really all there yeah, is to it. That's very unimpressive. All right. It, what, wait, wait. But Sports Illustrated said impressive. <laughs> all right. Well, so that is what it is. He ran... And that's all. why, Which, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, that's why it's important to watch the video. Don't just go off the headline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't just go off the, the the blurb on the article. Read the real quote to see what really happened. That's your lesson right I there. I mean, the, the positive to take away from it is he's running, right? Like, he wasn't doing that last year. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't doing anything last year. And, you know, and there were tons of reports about why he wasn't doing anything. Maybe there was some friction with the front office, the injury. I mean, whatever. What we're seeing is the guy's at least moving again. That's a plus. We want to see him on the field. We think he's going to outperform wide receiver. What I say was 40, wide receiver 40. Yeah, 40, yeah. So, you know, so there you go. There, wide receiver 40. He's probably going to outproduce that. At least we know he's going to run. Anthony, who is next up on our list of guys? Who are we talking about? Oh, let me see. I got all distracted by our video there. You got excited. Uh, I, I yeah, know I who it is, but that's it's your guy. So, uh, yeah, no, my guy is uh, Robert. Bobby Woods, Bobby, Bobby Trees. trees. Yeah. Here we go. Robert Woods, uh, wide receiver 58. And people that watch this show know I'm a little bit of an ageist. And yes, he is 30 years old. And he bit. is he is very older for my liking. But how can you not fall in love with wide receiver 58 for a guy not as good as Brandon Cooks has been, but I mean, solid wide receiver two, three. And to get him at this crazy discount for me, I mean, I know he's coming off injury, but now that A.J. Brown is gone in Tennessee and, you know, he's basically going to be like their best wide receiver, at least to start the year. Uh, obviously, they have Traylon Burks now, rookie, but like I just said a little while ago, I'm not big on rookies coming in, making a huge impact. So I expect Robert Woods to be the wide receiver one. The only hesitation is how he comes back from his, 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 his uh, recovery from his injury and, and all that. But even still at wide receiver 58, I don't see how there's any way 
he he doesn't end the year as a wide receiver three or better. And so I just think at this value, it's a slam dunk type pick. Uh, and yeah, I just think it's a slam dunk type pick. I th- I think if you're contending or if you if you're building a roster to be a contending team, you know, by this part of a draft, you'll you'll know like, hey, this is gonna take a couple years or this team is gonna is built to to go right now. And he's the type of guy where if you're gonna try to win the league this year, he's the perfect type of guy to get at this ADP. Right. And you have to and look at uh, look at what this team is. So they got rid of AJ Brown. That's you know what 100, 105 targets I think he had last year. Julio Jones isn't there. That's another 48, 50, something like around that time. I mean, so you got 150-ish targets to go between um, you know, and, and I think even more than that. I mean, because you think about you know, Chester Rogers, Ferkser, Jeff Swaim. I mean, all these guys that just were getting targets based out of necessity at this point. Right. Um, there's a lot of targets that could be had for Traylon Burks, for Bobby Trees, you know, and and I would even throw a name in here that we aren't going to talk about tonight, but Nick uh, Westbrook Akeen. Yeah. You know, he showed some some trust with the quarterback. I mean, I think he got targeted 50 or 60 times last year. I could see a little bit of an uptick. I could see him and Robert Woods kind of be their, their top two guys while Traylon Burks comes along. I mean, we've been hearing all sorts of different rumors and reports out of Let camp me, about different health things with Burks. Can I, so these two on, veterans, can I just touch on Burks real quick since you brought uh, up the health issue with Burks? I, I do know you like young young receivers, so you're going to want to touch on them. Um, it was reported that, you know, Burks has, has an inhaler and people are saying, oh, he has asthma and how do they draft yeah, it's, him? It, it's been all sorts but of listen, things. Look, I have seasonal allergies and I own an inhaler. Okay. I only use it for three months out of the year. I use I literally like I'm dead serious right now. I use it in April, May, and June. Okay. I'm fine during football season. I mean, right. I, I played football and basketball just fine. It's seasonal allergy. So I'm assuming that's what it is with him just because he was so dominant in college. You know, how, how many clips of there are there of Traylon Burks catching a touchdown in college and then running over to the sideline using an inhaler? I mean, it, it doesn't exist, right? It's not like this guy just suddenly just got asthma. I think it's seasonal allergies. I think if people are worried about Traylon Burks in your league, he's a super good buy right now because I think people are blowing this way out of the water, just like people did with Jamar Chase, saying, oh, he has all these drops issues and he can't see the ball. It's, it's, it, it's really reminiscent of that, and I'm surprised not even a full year after that happened with Jamar Chase that people are doing it again with Traylon Burks. So – so I I'm, just all right. So needed I'm, to I'm get that off my chest because that was building up today, and I'm glad we got a chance for me to address it. I'm clipping this here. You just compared Traylon Burks to Jamar Chase, so obviously everybody needs to take Traylon Burks at the one one. <laughs> wait, wait, no, wait. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 our boy Sully, love to our Sully. Uh, they did get a big upgrade at tight end. Austin Hooper is better than any tight end they've had in years. There, honestly, uh, you know. So with the veterans there. They don't have to rush Traylon Burks in. They can let him relax and make sure that he's good and all the health and whatever whatever the real issues are, whatever it is, whether it's something basic or not, they can bring him along slowly. He doesn't have to be rushed into action. So Robert Woods is going to get a ton of action. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akeen, I think, gets a fair amount of action. Um, you know, I think Austin Hooper gets a fair amount of action. Like Burks can come along slowly and not be the focal point of this offense because it doesn't have to be right? I mean, they've got plenty of other options, veteran guys. And the thing that you have to think about is with Tennessee, they still think they're competing. 
uh, in their not only in their division, but for for playoffs, for deeper. I mean, I don't, the team seems to be kind of going in the wrong direction, but who knows, right? Um, so I'm not I'm not super. Yes, I would completely agree. So I'm not super concerned about any of these things. What I will say is that I agree. Robert Woods is woefully undervalued at wide receiver. Was it 58 or whatever? We, yes, whatever sir. we said he has. So I think he performs at a wide receiver three level. I have no problem going. You know what? He's in the top 36 of receivers if he's healthy and on the field all year. Even if he's healthy on the field for, you know, 14 games, he gets you in the wide receiver three conversation. You know, he grades out rather well. I mean, when you look at PFF for last year, he graded out as a top 30 receiver. You know, he had like a 75 PFF grade. And I mean, it, when he's on the field, I mean, he's a very good route runner. He knows exactly where to be to help his his quarterback yeah. and be successful. And Tannehill needs that. He needs veteran guys that are going to go and and be where they need to be on the field. Uh, and and it's a good thing. I think it's it's a plus for for Robert Woods and for for Tannehill because Tannehill will be the starter this year. Uh, let's not let's not get crazy thinking about other rookies taking his job. All right. So <laughs> next up is a guy that I know Sully's going to have plenty to say about. We're going to talk Adam Thielen. Right now, he's sitting on sleepers ADP as wide receiver 52, and I think that is insane. Um, I have Adam Thielen on a few rosters that I'm competing because he's one of those, just like I mentioned earlier, he's an older guy that I am perfectly fine as a as a depth piece that can be a, a starter on a, on a fairly regular basis for me. Um, this team didn't change that much, right? Other than the coaching staff, which we've all agreed has needed to change for a while, they have the talented pieces still to be successful on offense. Whether you love them or hate them in the NFC North and whatever they're going to do, he's a steal. Exactly. Absolutely, Sully. Your comment just came through, and I agree completely. At wide receiver 52, you jump all over that, and you'd be happy with it because if he's healthy and he plays a full season, he's going to get you 1,000-plus yards and probably around 10 touchdowns. Uh, you can't double-cover Justin Jefferson and leave Thielen open. You can't double-cover Thielen and leave Justin Jefferson open. Like, it just – you have to you have to leave somebody open, and Thielen gets the beneficiary of of that elite wide receiver on the other side. What do you think, Leone? Well, I agree with everything you said, except that if I'm doing a draft, I'm probably not going to take him. I'm probably fading off him. He's turning 32 in a couple of months, and if I'm doing a a, a startup, um, and we're doing you know ADP, I'm not. I mean, I'm not drafting a 32 year old wide receiver. I'm just, I'm probably not. I mean, and there's probably other guys at, at the 50 to 60 range that I'd rather have. Uh, but if I'm contending and I think I can get them at that price and, and I need to, you know, plug in a wide receiver three on my team. And yeah, I mean, I'm all over that. So I, I don't think he's a guy that you just need to get rid of. If he's on your team, I have, I have him on a roster that I'm competing on. And I'm more than happy to have him there. Uh, but he's not really a guy that I'm going to go out of my way and draft just because of his age. Um, but I agree with everything else you said completely. I think, I think he's at a great value. Um, and I think he is going to be, I think, I think he has a chance to be on a lot of winning rosters this year. Um, just like we talked about with Robert Woods, although Robert Woods is a couple years. That's the thing. Like, that's an example, right? Like, Robert Woods has later ADP than Adam Thielen, and I would 100% take Robert Woods over Adam Thielen, even coming off the injury just because he's two years younger. So I don't know if you disagree with that. I think um, I do. I think Adam yeah. Thielen can outproduce Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods could catch up to him and have very similar when it comes to amount of receptions. 
But I don't know that Woods has the touchdown upside that Adam Thielen will have, right? Like they, we know that Minnesota's used him significantly throughout his career, closer to the end zone, you know. And and I think Thielen has a better chance for double digit touchdowns. Uh, yardage wise, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. I think on the spot they could be similar, but I think I think Adam Thielen's the guy I would want over Robert Woods at this point. If I was looking for building a roster to win year one. I want yeah, but, Thielen over Woods. But if you if you're drafting a roster and you expect to win year one, and then you don't win year one, like what happens to the next three years trying to rebuild this team? That look, you guys, if you want to do that, you can do that. More power to you. That is not how I build my teams. I that is too risky for me. I would rather build a more balanced, younger team and try to win and and have future chances than try to just go all in year one and then lose and then be screwed. So everyone, you know, you, there's a different ways to uh, skin a cat. I don't like using that analogy, but like there's different ways to do it, but that is not how I, how I do my, my, my rosters personally. Well, and it, it, so that, yes, it's a deal. It's a, it's a philosophical question. How do you build your roster? But if you're getting these guys that late, and and they're falling down that far in your draft. Yeah, no, then I'm okay with you it. You know, like that's yeah, not no, that then I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, no, really, and I agree with that. You know, and so. I did that in a league with Sully, where I think Julio Jones fell to like round five or six a couple years ago, and I took him. But that kind of blew up in my face. I mean, he hasn't done anything since I took him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with that. There's a certain point where it's okay to take them. That's a good example. If if Thielen fell, but it is it is if it doesn't work out, man, it, it it can be can be devastating. It can be. So I'm gonna throw out the rest of these names real rapid fire because I want to get to Q and A. We got some questions, so I'm gonna throw them out, uh, and we could just real quickly hit on them or or not at all. I mean, people kind of know these names. Michael Gallup right now is sitting at wide receiver 51. DeAndre or I'm sorry, Odell Beckham Jr. is sitting at wide receiver 72. DeAndre Hopkins is sitting at wide receiver 39. And Mike Williams, who Rick has a, an article up on Roto Heat about, is sitting at wide receiver 35. All these guys should have no problem outperforming their, their ADP as it stands today. Thoughts, Leone? Uh, well, I guess I'll talk about the guy that I picked. Uh, <laughs> uh, Odell Beckham, I just think, you know, he's only 29. And I've, I've, I've self-admittedly, I've never been a big Odell fan. But... His ADP is wide receiver 72. I guess people just don't think he's going to get signed somewhere. He will. And I think he's going to go to a team that needs a wide receiver. And it very well could be who we talked about earlier, the Green Bay Packers or, you know, someone like that where it's like he would be, I mean, he, could you imagine if he, if he got signed by the Packers, like his ADP would go from 72 to probably like 35, like overnight, like it would just be incredible. So I think he's a guy that he's a gamble where you he's a guy that I would I would definitely be targeting if I already have a league and and, and someone wanted to trade him he's a guy I'd be buying all over the place right now he's only 29 he may sign a one year deal he still has years left and he could be a huge factor this year so of all the guys that that you kind of just rattled off I think he is the most obtainable price wise and could have the biggest impact as well. Yeah, and that's a good point. I would target any of these guys in trades, right? Like if if there's a team that's willing to trade these guys at a fair price, fair prices and you know, 
lower than what what you would expect you know seconds thirds things like that i'm i'm having those conversations to see if it makes sense because all these guys provide value at least this year and potentially next year in most cases beckham 29 could still produce a few years but you know again keeps coming back from injury i mean that guy's really been struggling with injuries over the last few years so that's that's a that's a concern um, I would rather target, you know, somebody like a like a Mike Williams or a Hopkins or, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks and Allen Robinson are the top two guys on this list I would target just because I'm fairly confident you're getting them much cheaper than what they really should be valued at. Uh, the rest of these guys, some of them have name value and notoriety that may still pump their 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 price up a little higher, potentially. Um, obviously, I don't have any data to back that up because I could not find many trades involving these guys in any of my leagues currently. Uh, other than the Kadarius Tony trade, um, I don't don't see these other players moving right now. Yeah, and I and wouldn't I, be trading them. And I agree with you. Allen Robinson and Brandon Cooks are the two like we probably should have put them on the thumbnail. Like those are the two guys that like, hey, you gotta you gotta get these guys. They're gonna just kill it this year. They're still young enough where you know they're gonna be good years down the line. Um, I think Odell fits into that mold too. Um, and then I think Mike Williams does as well, although his ADP. I think of everyone is the highest at 35, but um, I think that he's still, he's 27. He finally had a great season. I expect him to have another very good season. And I think even at 35, he's undervalued as well. So, but yeah, I agree with you price wise and upside wise, Allen Robinson and Brennan cooks are, are the the highlights of the show. Mm -hmm, for sure. All right, folks, so those are our undervalued wide receivers. This is a new series that is starting. Bryce will be back next week, and they'll be talking and talking about some of these other undervalued players as well. But we want to get to some Q&A. So for those of you listening in podcast format, feel free to jump on the streams on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern time because you can get your questions answered live by the gentlemen that are on the show. We do appreciate everybody liking, subscribing, hit the notification icon, leave a rating and review if you're on podcast. We love you all. We'll see you later. The Dynasty Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find fantasy content ranging from Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.